0: Thank y'all for being here to worship today and uh yeah man we're you never know man sometimes it gets cold people like they want to stay under their blanket or something so uh we're glad to have you uh we are blessed to have you with us today we had a bunch of new folks today man that's awesome can you throw your hands up one more time yeah man thank y'all for being here we appreciate you uh thank you for choosing to worship with us today it is a, a blessing to have you here and as always, I, I pray that you leave here blessed from the Lord because we've been in his presence, man. Y'all ready to get going today? Yeah. yeah, man. We've God's got something for us. Let's go ahead and pray. Father God, I love you. I praise you. I stand here in awe of you, Lord, that you use broken vessels. You take them and you clean them up and you pour your love and your purpose and your power through them. So I. Pray that would be truth today. Speak your words through me today, Lord, that we would all be changed. And it is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. 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 So, uh, J.D. touched on it this morning. Uh, Been looking at a brand new year and uh, not wanting to do that whole uh, make that promise to yourself. You don't keep more than about a week and a half, right? Uh, But we want to be different, right? It's a new year, and it's an opportunity for a new beginning. We have a God of new beginnings, man. Praise God, His mercies are new every day. Amen? Amen. Every day we can have a new beginning. Uh, Every day is a new beginning, man. We wake up fresh every day, submitted, committed to the Lord, and, man, come with open arms and open hands to see what He has for us. Man, that's an awesome way to walk through the world, walk through our lives, right? Man, we have a God of second chances, third chances, fourth chances, fifth chances, sixth chances, amen? Man, that is good news. It is for me. It is good news. Man, so we've been uh, digging into Romans 12 for the last couple of weeks, and uh Man, you may be like, man, I get it, man, this is good, but didn't we just do this like in 22? We did. We preached all the way through Romans in 22. But, man, this is important that we get this. Uh, Romans 12 is a concise picture of how to live out the Christian life. It's how we're to do this, uh, both with God, uh, with other believers, and with the world. Man, you're not going to find a more concise, definitive explanation of how we live. It's the synopsis of the first 11 chapters of Romans. Um, Today we're going to be looking at how we respond and live between uh, our brothers and sisters in Christ, the body of Christ here in the church. Uh, Two Sundays ago, J.D. uh, did a sermon on Romans 12, 1 and 2, which tells us our relationship with God. Right, and, uh, this is so good. I love these two verses so much we're going to read them again because it ain't the two verses. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. Not a dead sacrifice, a living sacrifice. But how do we offer them? Holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may test and approve what is the good and pleasing and perfect will of God. Man, how awesome is that? And he talked about being surrendered to Christ. Uh, We're to offer ourselves as that living sacrifice to Him. We surrender our will and our way to follow His will and His life and doing life His way, man, we got to take on the mind of Christ. And we're separated from the world, right? We don't go off and live in a a commune somewhere and uh, sit on top of a mountain and just just be separated. Now, that's not what it's talking about, but we separate from the world's values and the world's value system. In the world, but not of the world. Amen? And it's only by surrendering to Jesus that you can break free from worldly desires, and live lives that honor and glorify God. J.D. said, God's best for our life begins with our surrender with Him, surrender to Him. Once we've surrendered, we don't copy the behavior and customs of the world. We let God transform us by renewing our mind, and we begin to separate from the world, becoming faithful, spiritually healthy followers of Christ." The people in the church that he wants us to become. Man, we don't think about that too much, do we? Man, we get it when our physical health starts to go. But sometimes, man, our spiritual health can be wasting away and we don't even pay it any attention. Last Sunday, we were called to take a sober self-assessment. Uh, we need an accurate and honest thinking about our relationship with Christ and uh, our spiritual gifting, how God has gifted us to communicate and work within the body of Christ that we can be His body with Christ as the head, uh, how we relate to each other. And, uh, and he asked the question, are we doing exactly what God has gifted us to do? Man, sometimes that's kind of hard to discern, so jump in. <laughs> I mean, let God work. He's going to drive you in the right direction as we submit to him and be willing and available. Uh, And he'll guide you to where you need to be. Uh, Without a sober self-assessment, we're going to be deceived, uh, right? Pride will get in the way, egos get inflated, and there's competition, conflict, opposition in the body instead of unity and intimacy with Christ. When we're accurate and honest with ourselves and our relationship with Christ and in our gifting in the body of Christ, we're going to do exactly what God has gifted us to do. And you know what? We experience God's best. God's best is a whole lot better than our best. Man, we become faithful, spiritually healthy followers of Christ who have a tremendous impact and influence for God's kingdom. Man, and that's ultimately where we need to be. Man, we're on this rock for a little while. Man, let's have the most impact and influence we can, can for God's kingdom. Uh, and then we're going to spend eternity with him. So today, we're going to walk through Romans chapter 12, verses 9 through 13. Four little verses. And we'll, we'll see what's required to be a functioning, faithful, spiritually healthy body of Christ. Um, how the church lives, looks, and... And loves like Jesus. Uh, Now, Chip Ingram noted that it's uh, a great little list of characteristics that define authentic community within the church. And it is, man. uh, Paul's just kind of shooting this stuff out one right after the other. So we're going to slow it down a little bit and see what he's actually saying to us. It's the fact of surrendering to Christ, separating from the world, having that sober self-assessment that we can move on to this next phase of interacting with each other in the way that God calls for us too. But, but here's the rub for the day. Uh, much like the church in Rome that Paul was writing to, we too struggle with a lack of authenticity within the church. Man, it's hypocrisy, right? Isn't that the biggest complaint that people say, that's why I don't go to church, it's filled with a bunch of hypocrites? They're not wrong. <laughs> Now now, be honest, when we first give our lives to Christ, or I'll talk about me, <laughs> when I first gave my life to Christ, I didn't know a lot. All right? So I was saying I was a follower of Jesus and I loved him, but my life wasn't lining up with that. So I guess we could say, yeah, there's, there's a little bit. Hypo- Hypocrisy't intentional doing that. Uh, we're putting on a mask. But I was wearing one, and I didn't know it. So, so in, in a sense, that's an excuse that the world gives to not do what they already know God's calling them to do. Um, but, man, we all struggle sometimes with that. We all struggle sometimes with that. But, man, how much more impact would we have in each other's lives and in the world if we would take our masks off and truly be who we claim to be? Not only who we claim to be, but who we're called to be. Man, there's an identity crisis in the church today because we don't look like the one we follow. And people look at the church; they're like, "Man, that I don't. Man, that body of Christ is jacked up. We are, but we're being put back together. And God has designed us and gifted us to be able to function." as he's called us to function within his body. So uh, here's my nutshell for the day. Uh, It's only in Christ, surrendered to Christ, and submitted to the Holy Spirit that lives within us that we can love and live in obedience to God's word for his glory and for our good. Now, now, when I was reading through that, I, I thought, man, uh, surrender and submission. What's the difference? And this is what I come up with, and I probably heard this before, but it struck me, man, when I wrote that out, I was like, man, what am I really saying there? Well, well surrender is giving up your rights. I think we do that at salvation, right? We give up our rights to ourselves. But, man, submission is giving up your will. Man, it's giving up your will where we quit, quit fighting against God to allow him to do what he needs to do and wants to do in our lives so we can accomplish the purpose for which we were designed. Surrender gives up your rights. Submission gives up your will. That's why Paul wrote in Galatians 2.20, I've been crucified with Christ, and it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. This life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Man, so, so this is my mini-nutshell. <laughs> Y'all like mini-nutshells too? The other one wasn't that long, but I'm going to do a mini anyway. Because uh, I, I read this quote, and I thought, man, that's, that's cool. That struck me. Listen to this. God's love only flows through clean vessels. God's love only flows through clean vessels. Yeah, we're broken. God promises to clean us up. But, man, you got to submit. you got to submit. When we truly embody these characteristics as functional, faithful, spiritually healthy body of Christ, man, then we're going to see that there's this little, in our Scripture today, we see it. It's a little mini outline. Man, what we'll see is that the real you right? Not the one with the mask. The real you meets real needs for the right reason in the right way. The real you meets real needs for the right reason in the right way. And uh, let's just read through our scripture. Uh, Each one of those points kind of correlates to one, one verse starting in nine. It says, love must be sincere, hate what is evil, cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Man, and if I counted that right, that's like, 13 different characteristics of how a surrendered, submitted, and committed follower of Jesus Christ interacts with his brothers and sisters in Christ. And that's a bunch to throw out in four verses. The real you. Love must be sincere, hate what is evil, and cling to what is good. So the first call of uh, verse 9 is for authenticity. Authenticity. Right, the New Living Translation says, "Don't just pretend to love others, but really love them." Christian Standard version says, "Let love be without hypocrisy," and that hypocrisy is the idea of wearing a mask. In theater, in Greek theater at that time, there was only males that acted, and they would have to put on a woman's mask so you could tell that they were portraying the part of a woman. Right, they wore masks. Are we wearing a mask today that's portraying the part of a Christian? Of a follower of Jesus that's committed and submitted to him? Love and hypocrisy are incompatible. Hypocrisy makes love a lie. And too often that's the reality of what passes for the love of Christ being expressed. Not to the world, but between believers within the church. And here's an example. I'll use this for me because I've done it before. You ever been walking along, you say, hey, man, how you doing? And then you realize you didn't even wait to hear what he said. <laughs> I mean, which usually works out fine because if you're in, like, a church with a steeple, they're like, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a blessed and highly favored. And around here we're like, okay, I'm all right. <laughs> I mean, it's for real. Man, we don't even listen to the answer. Much less be willing to stop and listen to their story. But here's the thing about real love. Until we grasp the love of God, I mean, we really take a hold of God's love for us. Man, we can't begin to share the love of God with others. And if we were truly honest, we don't really want to because that can be costly. And that's why Paul prayed for the Ephesians, and, and I love this in chapter 3. He begins saying, for this reason I kneel before the Father. Then he goes on and starting in 3.16. He says, I pray that out of the glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And he wants our faith to dwell up. Man, when you know that, when that describes you and me and the church as a whole, man, sharing God's love is just going to happen. We can't not do it. But you can't share what you don't know, what you haven't taken a hold of. And next is a call for purity love must be sincere, hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Man, authentic community demands purity. It's holiness. It's transformation. And we're promised that God would transform us into the image of Christ, right? From one degree of glory to the next. Yeah, it's not going to be complete until we get there, right? But we need to stop seeing how close we can get to sin and not get in it, right? Man, all we're doing is setting ourselves up for failure. Hate sin. Hate what sin does in your life and in your family's life and in your friend's life that affects it. Hate what it does to your witness and your impact for God's kingdom. Hate sin. You know, it's been said, hate the sin and love the sinner. uh, But I'm going to encourage you to say this hate my sin and love the sinner. And don't be seeing how close you can get to it. Flee from sin. Cling to what is good, right? Don't be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Cling to what is good. you got to set your mind on Christ. Colossians 3, 2 and 3 says, Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. And that idea of clinging, the word for cling, is the same word that's translated in other places as cleave. In um, Genesis two twenty four, it says, "Therefore a man, therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall become one flesh. The two become one. So we cleave to what it is until it's who we are, not what we do. Do you see the difference, man? We can act a certain way, but God wants us to be." A certain way it's only in the love of Christ that the body of Christ can function as God designed it to do or for you to accomplish what God has designed you to accomplish transformation is a lifelong process but it's not an excuse for being comfortable in your sin living and loving like Christ lived and loved isn't a suggestion it's a command. It can't happen if the real you doesn't show up. It can't happen if the real me, the real you, doesn't show up. Romans 10, 12, 10 says, be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. ESV says, outdo one another showing honor. Right, it's a picture of devotion and humility within the body of Christ. Imagine a church where everyone tried to honor each other more than they honor themselves. Right, man. There's a competition. Who so can just honor each other more? Man, just love on each other more. Man, how compelling would that be to those who are broken and weighted down from the sin in their lives and the weight of the world? And how compelling would we be? Man. And how does it say to be devoted to one another? It says to do it in love. Philippians 2 verses 3 through 5 says this. It says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. In your relationship with one another have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. And Romans 5.8 says, But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. Man, Jesus is our example. Jesus gave himself to death on a cross that we might truly live. That's love. Man, when we give of ourselves in that way, God is glorified. And the body of Christ is a compelling picture of Jesus. The real you shows up meeting real needs and not just the convenient ones, right? Anybody can do that, right? The real you meets needs that take you out of your comfort zone, that require time and energy and sacrifice, and sometimes they get messy. You ever had messy church? Man, you get involved in people's life and it weighs down on you, and it, and it costs you something, but it's worth every bit. You persevere anyway because, you've devote, because you're devoted to one another in love and honor one another above yourselves. And that's what loving like Jesus does. That's where authentic, deep relationships are formed. And that's what a healthy body of Christ looks like, where it functions together. Man, you got to love each other. Take the mask off. Be real. Warts and all. And love each other. The world looks out for number one at any cost. But God's word tells us to be devoted to and honor one another. Not to be selfish or vain. But be humble and value others as greater than yourself. To be... The faithful, spiritually healthy body of Christ, man, the real you has to show up. Man, you meet real needs, and you do it for the right reason. Verse 11, never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Now, the ESV says, don't be slothful in zeal. Don't be slothful in zeal, right? You ever seen a sloth? And they ain't, they ain't in a hurry. <laughs> don't be slothful in zeal. And uh, the NLT just kind of throws it out there. It says, never be lazy. And don't be lazy. Uh, now, I mean, I know we ain't got no lazy folks in here. Let me have a show of hands. If you're a lazy person, you just lazy, <laughs> throw it up. We got some honest folks in here. All right, so we got some. Mine's up. All right, so so... Here's the thing, though. Lazy isn't just sitting on the couch all day eating bonbons and doing absolutely nothing. Uh, That's not really a biblical definition of lazy. Listen to this, man. Listen to this. Biblical laziness is the failure to do what needs to be done when it needs to be done. You know, uh, Ben had a quote from his spiritual combat on Thursday night. It said this. It said, Procrastination is the assumption that God will grant us time to complete it later. (laughs) Got any lazy folks in here? (laughs) I hear you. Man, that, that, that struck me, man. It did. And too often, I'm being lazy with what God's entrusted with me. Lord, forgive me. Forgive me. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Man, that idea of spiritual fervor is just welling up in you, It's it's a picture of water coming to boil. Uh, One translation says, be on fire in the spirit, spiritual fervor. It acts with energy and excellence and passion and purpose and focus, and it doesn't put it off. Not doing it out of obligation or duty, though we do have both, right? But it's not a got-to thing. It's a get-to thing. Man, I don't got to do this. I get to do this. I get to pour myself out in the service of others and share the love of Christ. Man, when we just respond out of our love for the Lord and his love for us, and we do it in a way that we're doing it for others, man, God can use that every time. The right reason is that you're serving the Lord by serving each other. Man, when we serve each other and we we pour into each other, and we do the uncomfortable stuff to help each other, man, we're serving the Lord. Chip Ingram defied biblical love this way. He said, love is giving another person what they need the most when they deserve it the least at great personal cost. Love is giving another person what they need the most when they deserve it the least at great personal cost. An authentic, spiritual, healthy community of believers occurs when the real you shows up, meeting real needs for the right reason in the right way. You know, it's been said that your outlook will determine your outcome. Anybody ever heard that before? I think that's true in some situations. Uh, We kind of have that playing out in the last couple of verses today. Uh, We see in the last couple of verses that in verse 12, there's an upward focus. It says, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, and faithful in prayer. And then in verse 13, there's this outward focus where we share with the Lord's people who are in need and practice hospitality. Uh, So let's walk through that. Uh, Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, and faithful in prayer. And being joyful in hope is kind of a mindset, right? And I've said it today already. It's a mindset on the Lord, the mindset on Jesus. Man, we're not going to be happy all the time. Anybody figured that out yet? Right? But we can have joy always because we rejoice, not in our situation, not what's going on around us, but in the sure hope that we have in Jesus Christ. Man, the truth of the gospel brings forth a confident hope. Man, we're going to see that in the pain and the loss at Tommy's uh, celebration of life today. Even in loss, we have a sure hope. We have a sure hope. Man, we agree with God that our hope is worth rejoicing over. Man, so we live in light of eternity with joy and be joyful in hope. And it tells us to be patient in affliction. Now, uh, another transla- translation says persevere in tribulation. And, and, I, and I like that word, tribulation. It's interesting. I've ran across it in several times in studies over the years, and it's a Greek word. It's called hupomene. And, and what that means is to stand up under stress or difficulty or advers- uh, advers- adversity uh, the trials that we have in our lives, right? And, uh, and, and, and here's, a, here's an example of how that looks. Now, Moose is my dog. Moose is cool. That is the sweetest dog I've ever known. He really is, man. He's just super sweet. But I noticed when I got him, we, we kind of got him out of a house that was going to get rid of him, rescued him about a year or two ago, year and a half ago. And I got his former medical records, right, from the vet that he had before. And on it, it said uh, had asterisks, and it said muzzle tendency to gator roll. And I'm like, I don't even know what that is. But I told my vet that when I came in. I said, hey, man, something about a gator rolling around in here. And uh, I found out what that meant because Moose gets a little stress. He starts to feel a little pressure when he's at the vet, or at least that vet. I got him at a different vet now. He seems to be doing better. But at that vet, uh, when he got under pressure, He would try to duck and roll and twist and come back and have a conversation with you about that. Man, we do the same thing. Man, we get under pressure and we start feeling that pressure on our backs, on our shoulders and the weight of the world and the sin and whatever thing that is that's putting pressure on that God's allowed to refine you. And our tendency is to duck out from under it and go to the side. A lot of times the side is drugs, alcohol, pouring our life into our kids or travel ball because we don't want to deal with the relational uh, problems that we're having at home. But we duck and run from the pressure that God's allowed in our life. Man, if we'll stand up under that, if we will persevere, hopominate, man, then God will use it for good. And he'll change you. You're not going to come out on the other side unchanged. But man, allow God to use that for good. Stand up under it. Be patient in affliction. And it says be faithful in prayer. Uh, constant in prayer. Devoted to prayer. Depending on what your Bible says. Uh, just as we're to be devoted to one another, an upward focus demands that we be devoted to prayer and seek the supernatural strength and resources of the Lord to help one another. Man, 1 Thessalonians 5, 16-18 says, Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Be devoted to prayer. Colossians 4, 2 says, Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. James five sixteen says, Therefore, pray. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Be devoted to prayer. Chip Ingram wrote in his book, True Spirituality, on Romans 12, he said, Authentic community is not for the faint of heart. We must take off our masks and walk in purity and enter into one another's lives with devotion and sacrifice. Authentic community is facing life's most painful trials together while finding your hope in Christ and his promises. And it only happens when we're devoted to prayer. Devoted to prayer is a picture of people who go before the throne of God regularly and passionately to ask God to do in the lives of one another what no human power could ever accomplish. And that's what devoted for prayer is, intercessory prayer where we fall on our faces before God and plead for him to handle the situations in our brother's and sister's life and to use it for good and help him to stand. That's devoted to prayer. That's a healthy body of Christ. Verse 6, when we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. Man. The right way is both an upward focus, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, and faithful in prayer, and an outward focus, sharing with the Lord's people who are in need and practice hospitality. Man, I believe that the supernatural effect of living out what we've been studying in R12, Romans 12, is compassion and generosity within the body of Christ. Man, I think it's just going to happen. Man, when we live and love like Jesus has. And the natural expression of that is going to be through... um, our compassion, and our generosity with each other. We recognize that we're just stewards of what God has given us, right? It's all a gift from Him, but it's not for us to hoard. It's for us to use as a help, right? We use it for His glory. Man, so we support the church with our tithes and our offerings. We meet practical needs for one another within the body of Christ with our time and our talents and our treasures. We live with open hands to both freely receive from God And to give out in his name. Man if your fists are clenched. You can't get nothing. And you can't give nothing. We live with open hands. Practicing hospitality. Is more about opening our lives. And our hearts. As it is about opening our homes. To one another. We engage those who are not like us. Because the love of Christ compels us. We love and show kindness. And genuine concern for one another. As we live out. Our beliefs in action, faith in action. And this is the life we're called to live in community with our brothers and sisters in Christ as we are compelled by the love of God and empowered by the Holy Spirit within us. The real you meets real needs for the right reasons in the right way. And we take off our masks and be pure. We're authentic, we're devoted to one another above ourselves, and honor one another. We serve God with passion and with excellence, and we carry one another's burdens in the midst of difficulty. Remember my nutshell? It's only in Christ, surrendered to Christ, and submitted to the Holy Spirit that lives within us that we can live and love in obedience to God's Word for His glory and our good. Man, quit settling for living your best life. Man, yes, all you hear on social media. I'm living my best life, an idiot. Quit it. <laughs> Man, when God's best life, God's best for your life is available. Man, so many times we settle. You want to settle, get a different motorcycle than you really want. <laughs> Don't settle on less than God's best for your life. but you got to do it his way. Love only flows through clean vessels. So I told Ben earlier, I've stole his uh, illustration from pig on Thursday night. Straight up ganked it, man. (laughs) (laughs) Had a great illustration. So, uh, and, and he's doing a study on spiritual combat. And, uh, he was saying that we all have a spiritual bucket that we carry around with us that holds our spiritual strength. So picture yourself, I was going to bring a bucket in and do this whole thing and I was like, ain't happening. <laughs> it's been cool. So we all have this spiritual bucket we carry around with it and it holds our spiritual strength and and it gets filled when we when we live in authentic relationships with God and each other as Romans 12 tells us. Yeah, when we start living like that, man, Whew, bucket's filling up, water pouring in it, right? And we gather together at church on Sunday to worship and take in a message of his word, and we allow it to sink into our hearts. Man, the bucket's filling up. It's filling up. And then we gather together in life groups to learn about God and each other and love on each other in Jesus' name. Man, that bucket's getting full. We read the Bible. We study God's word on our own more, sharing our faith. It's fuller helping each other grow in their faith, discipling. It gets fuller and fuller, and we pray with each other and for each other, and our bucket gets filled, and it ends up at a point where it's overflowing. It's pouring out over the top. We try to carry it, and it just splashes out, and we want it to splash out onto everybody around us. Man, and all along the time, we're being transformed into the image of Christ. Man, how awesome is that, that our bucket can be so full it splashes out on everybody else? Man, but over time, man, we start getting holes poked in our bucket. And we get it filled up and we start getting holes poked in our bucket. Man, we live in a broken world. Right where the loved ones die, where uh, jobs are lost, where friendships are fractured and life gets heavy and we're getting holes poked in our bucket and the water's running out. And we have an enemy that came and he wants to steal, kill, and destroy us and more holes get poked in our bucket when we fall for his schemes. And our reserves, they gush out through the holes and we begin to feel spiritually weak and depleted. And defeated. The question is, as we all walk around doing life together, because we try to do that, man, do we act like we don't see the holes in our brother's or sister's bucket at all? We don't see their spiritual strength getting poured out. We don't notice that something's wrong. Worse yet, are we poking a few more holes in it with our apathy or anger or unforgiveness Or are we helping to patch up the holes in our brother's bucket, in our sister's bucket? Are we visible, involved, available, and invested in our internal family, living out the Romans 12 life together? Man, the body of Christ can't be healthy and whole unless we're all all our brothers and sisters keepers. Man, that's my prayer for us is that we would be an authentic community that lives and loves like Jesus, fulfilling the purpose for which we were created both individually and collectively as the body of Christ. Right here at Freedom. In Christ and for Christ, we can live out God's best for our life as we serve one another. Man, with our spiritual buckets patched and filled to overflowing, man, splashing out onto everyone that God puts in our path, man, we will bear much fruit for God's kingdom and experience His joy that we can't even comprehend in His love. And we'll be able to share that in ways that we never knew was possible. Man, we look at our lives and we're so limited. Man, God wants to do so much more. But we've got to do it His way. Because God's love only flows through clean vessels. Amen? Amen. Y'all can come on up. Uh, Let's pray. Father God, I love you. I praise you. You are awesome and you are holy and you are so much other than us. Yet you love us so much that you sent your son to die on a cross on our behalf that we might truly live. Lord, that is what love is. You are the picture of love that we strive for that we would die to ourselves and live for you serving you as we serve others and fulfill our purpose so we praise you for that praise you that we can not only can we but we are commanded to but we weren't commanded to and not given a roadmap to do it we have it in your word so lord may we be faithful to follow you and love you enough to love on each other in Jesus' name, amen. amen. Man, don't forget, this lesson today was about the church. Man, we got to be the most loving people in the world because we love each other. Amen. amen. Let's keep it simple. Do what God calls us to do. Live it out loud. Man, and we'll see God do things we had never imagined. Amen.